as we uh, take a few moments together um, to recognize that, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a short message together. And, and as we think about the candles of hope and of peace and of joy and of love, that, that those are things that we know we all want. And maybe some of us feel like we're receiving those and experiencing those, and some of us may not. And, and so today or this evening, as we spend just a few moments together in, in God's word, looking at a story in, in the Christ's birth narrative uh, that many of us know about, the, the three kings or the magi or um, the wise men, we're going we're gonna to just take a few moments there to look at that story and, and maybe see ourselves in their story a little bit. For those of you who don't come to church often. I, I respect your time, and I want to make sure that, that um, we're going to be here for a few minutes. Those of you who do come to our church often think, by few minutes, does he mean like 40 or like 43? That is not accurate. See, first service laughed before I gave away the joke, and I'm like, oh, it's embarrassing. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're going to just spend a few minutes uh, together here this afternoon, this evening, because I believe in who God is and who Jesus is, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God's word is living and active and true and real. And I believe that if we would believe the words in this Bible, and if we were to live our lives according to that, and know who Jesus is, I believe it would change your life forever as it's changed mine, and as it's changed many others. Will you join me in a word of prayer before we read the scripture together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for each and every person who is here. God, I pray that our eyes, our ears, and our heart would be open to what you have for us tonight. I pray, Lord, that um, we would be able to, those of us who just go about the Christmas season, Lord, that uh, we'd be able to stop in our tracks and, and reflect on who Jesus is. Those of us who know you, Lord, would be able to have that love reinvigorated again to think about the power and the joy of the Christmas story. And for those of us here who are here because we've been invited, God, I pray that, um, that you would do a work in our lives, that maybe we came here expecting a Christmas service, but maybe we leave here receiving you. And it's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. See, the sermon this, this evening is, is just called You Are Invited. That the book that we read earlier, the idea that everyone is invited to Christmas and you, each person who is hearing my voice, whether you believe it or not, whether you think you're able to receive it or not, whatever it may be, you are invited to experience Jesus and the power of Christmas. Now, I want to share uh, when, I, and then just ask a question. How many of you have ever had a time when you found out about a party or a dinner event or something that your friends were going to and you weren't invited. Yeah, I think we can, we can kind of commiserate with one another um, and, and the, the difficulty of that. When I was 12 years old or almost 12 years old, I finished seventh grade, um, there was an opportunity where I, I'd heard about how this was a small class I went to. And so there were 22 boys in our class, 11 girls. And so like, really, you kind of judged your popularity about whether during PE uh, you had like someone to dance with when you did like square ballroom dancing and stuff. That was PE apparently. And um, so I was one of those. I'm like, all right. So I did the math, looked around and I'm like, I'm at least fifth, maybe fourth most popular boy in this class. Like I was, I was very confident 
because of the awkwardness of middle school and junior high, you, you know, I didn't know anything. And so I remember finding out about this party that the end of school year, uh, my seventh grade year, that uh, people were having a, one of the other boys in the class was having a, uh, a birthday, or a celebration rather, for the beginning of summer, and I wasn't invited. And I remember just this feeling of like, like, oh, I don't, I don't even care. I wouldn't even want to go to that in the first place. Why? Because when we're hurt or we feel left out, we often build up walls, right? And some of us experience what, what many of us have heard before, this idea of FOMO, like fear of missing out. And so I feel like, oh, well, that, you know, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be invited to that. I want to have that extended to me. And so I want to be clear. I only get a few minutes with many of you, and, and if you are coming to church and you don't come off, and I know that this is a, an occasion that is special, and I want to honor that and say, I would be remiss if I didn't take these next few moments to dive into God's word and to share this point with you, that everyone, everyone is invited to experience the joy of Christmas. And like with any invitation, we all must decide if we will RSVP. We'll decide if we're going to acknowledge this invitation and whether we're going to RSVP and accept it. Now, let's again, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, the story of the three wise men. Uh, and th in the Bible, it's going to be referring to as the Magi. I'm going to read a few verses from the Bible. Um, uh, directly that won't be on the screens, and then there'll be others that'll be on the screens for you to follow along as we read through the story together. And so when it comes to you all being invited to the power and the joy of Christmas through understanding who Jesus is and allowing him to change your life, the first thing that we see the wise men, the magi do is to recognize his invitation, to recognize the invitation they received. We're going to see the beginning of the story in Matthew 2, verse 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, they saw the star in the sky and, and they recognized that as an invitation to find out more because if, if they were astrologers or if they were people who studied the night sky and they recognized that this was something that was an event that was worth finding out about and they specifically knew, however, they did, that it was a king that was being born. So they go not to the stable of the manger or to a cave or to a, you know, a, a no-name town. They go to Jerusalem, to where the king Herod would be. But this is news to King Herod. He is the king, but when they found out who was born king of the Jews, they didn't fully understand what he meant. And we'll see how they, they sought him out later on. But the first step is just to recognize the invitation. Just to say, there's a star in the sky. We're going to go follow that and, and, and find out what the big deal is. Maybe, maybe just receiving the invitation to come tonight. And, and if I just want to be clear. If you have someone, are someone who's been invited tonight, it is because the person who invited you loves you deeply. And the person who invited you, you are so special to them that they want you to know about the God they love deeply as well and that you are invited to find out about him as well. 
So just recognize that invitation. We're grateful. We honor you for coming. But the first thing the Magi did is they saw the star. They received the invitation. They recognized it. And, and then they didn't just passively say, oh, that's interesting. But they did the next step, which is to, to seek him sincerely. That they, they took the time to go and travel from the east to seek out who this king of the Jews is, who, this, who we know to be Jesus, the Messiah is. So I'm going to read verses 3 through 6, which will not be on the screen, and then verses 7 and 8 will be, so you could follow along then. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Why? Because they didn't understand why there'd be another king, and as a king, seeing Jesus as a threat, seeing a, someone coming from afar to worship a king, they're gonna feel, he's going to feel threatened. Verse 4, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel, which was a passage that was giving a foreshadowing or prophesying to the Messiah. Verse 7, which will be on the screens. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Herod was not going to go to bow down to a baby or to a young child. He was going to go and find out where the, the, the king was or, or the king of the Jews was born and then take his life because he was a threat. And, and so he's not seeking out Jesus sincerely. He, he's just, oh no, I, I want to know about it. But instead of actually wanting to pursue and find out who Jesus is, he, he has antagonism or frustration or bitterness or woundedness. Because what happens when we're wounded and we're hurt as we put up walls? We may, some of you in this room, may have been hurt by people who say they love Jesus and have hurt you. And so you think, if, if that's who the people who follow Jesus is, why would I want to follow Jesus if they're like that? And we who love Jesus have to confess and recognize we are not perfect, but we who love Jesus also need to confess that Jesus is perfect. And that we can point with our lives to him. But we seek him sincerely. If you, in this room, genuinely, whether you know Jesus or not, if you genuinely were to seek out about who Jesus is, if you were to genuinely seek out the truth sincerely, in the same way that he is the way and the truth in the life. And so if you pursue truth, and we believe that the truth of who Jesus is is in the Bible. If you pursue truth, just as like the end of a rainbow, we say there's a pot of gold. No, no, no. At the end of the pursuit of truth, there is a baby in a manger. There is Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life. He came from the riches of heaven to a rags of a manger so that we may go from the rags of this world to the riches of eternity with him. If we seek him sincerely, if he is who he says he is, and we seek him out, everything would change in our lives. And for some of us, that's scary. Some of us, we don't want that. And so we keep our walls up. We'll recognize the invitation and maybe we'll, we'll come to a service and we'll placate the people around us. But if we get to that point, or rather, when we get to that point when life isn't the way we want it, 
and the things that we've trusted in, maybe our money or our position at work or our grades or our career or our status or our home or popularity, whatever it is, when those, not if, when those tend to break down or start to break down and we're left not no longer in the riches of how we, good we feel about our lives, but in the rags of make, asking questions. Jeremiah 29, 13 and, and uh, Matthew 7, 7 both talk about how if you seek him, you will find him. Jeremiah 29 specifically says, if you seek him with your whole heart, sincerely. The Magi sought him. They efforted to make that choice to journey and to seek out who this king truly was. They recognized the invitation. They sought him sincerely. And then they valued his birth properly. That this is not just about Christmas time and, oh, okay, I get it. Jesus came down. Uh, he was born in a manger. That's great. The end. No, 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 no. We have to recognize that if, if Jesus is who he says he is, if, if he is fully God, who became fully human, to make sure that those of us who are human can have a right relationship with God, then that changes everything. And we need to allow that to be properly valued in our lives because then if we're face-to-face -face with the gospel and face-to-face -face with who Jesus says he is, then we have to make a choice to either say, I'm gonna trust him or I'm not. But what we cannot do is just pretend like there's no value in this dialogue. Because if Jesus is who he says he is and you are invited to meet him and to understand that, there's no greater value in this world. We see the story continue on, verse 9 and then uh, through 11. 9 says, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Again, they sought him sincerely. Verse 10 on the screens. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, they had already prepared the value of this king. They had already prepared the gifts they wanted to give because Christmas, it's a, of course, family is a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate and be with during Christmas time. Of course, we exchange gifts, and that is a beautiful thing that we could do during Christmas time. But in order to value Jesus' birth properly, we also must take that step to recognize that it's not just about being our family and celebrating traditions, it's recognizing that Jesus invites us into his family by trusting in him. And that it's not just about the gifts we receive, it's about receiving the greatest gift that there ever was, which is God, fully man, in Jesus, coming to earth, living a perfect life, and dying a horrible death, but being raised to new life. Why? So you and I could experience eternal life with the Father. That is the greatest gift. And we talked about, Connie read about how the lights that we see remind us that he is the light of the world. He came to turn off the dark. If we valued his birth properly, we, we have to make a decision. We, we can't just passively ignore it. We might be able to put it off for a while, but we're going to be face-to-face -face with the joy of Christmas and the power of the gospel. Because in addition to 
recognizing his invitation, seeking him sincerely, and valuing his birth properly, and how they gave their treasures, they gave the gold, they gave the frankincense, they gave the myrrh, they valued him. They bowed down before him. And, and that word bow down in worship, they, they both refer to a, um, a posture of the body, of kneeling down or, or, or uh, face down in front of him. But what we don't necessarily hear about, you know, we don't hear about the Magi going back to the east and describing the good news that there was a king who was born in a manger who you know, has come to take away the sins of the world. I mean, they, they didn't fully grasp the full gravity, the full value of what Jesus came to do. So we don't see how they necessarily get to the last letter of, of the letter P in RSVP. And many of us might get to that point where we, okay, we get it. We got invited and we understand he wants, we are invited to know him. We, we get to seek him out and we get to value his birth. But unless we do the last one, P, to place your faith in him. Unless if we cross that line of faith, then we can be people who just seek him like the Magi without having our lives changed. And we won't fully experience the joy of Christmas, the joy that everything is different. What once was a dark world and what still can be a dark world, Jesus came as the light of the world to come turn off the dark and, and show his life and his light to all that he sees. See, in Romans chapter 10, it talks about how for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That with the few moments I have with you, church and friends, I, I want to share that we were created to have right relationship with God. God loves us. God loves you so much. Whether you believe it or not, whether you think you're worthy of receiving it or not, God loves you so much. He, he formed you in your mother's womb. He breathed life into you. And he loves you. He loves us. And yet because of sin, because if there were truly a nice and naughty list, we all would be on the naughty list at some point because none of us are perfect. None of us have upheld everything right. We know we've made mistakes. We know we've done intentional wrong. So we have this problem of sin that divides us from a holy God and the right relationship with him we were meant to have. And so we must move forward to the point of not just acknowledging that that's important, but to be able to place our faith in Jesus recognizing that we were meant to have be fall short of the glory of God, or not meant to that, sorry, we were meant to be able to have a right relationship with God, excuse me, but we fell short. And Jesus came to bridge that gap, to make that way, to light our path and to change our lives. And because of that, we confess, Jesus, you are Lord. And we place our faith in him, believe it in our hearts. And then when we do, we have to receive that and live our lives based off of that. Because if Jesus is who he says he is and you are invited to know him, this Christmas you will truly receive the greatest gift there ever was. Right relationship with God, the Father through Jesus Christ. Now I shared this in the beginning that the time when I was invited, not invited to a party 
and how it's, it was hard to, to experience that. And I want to share a different story that didn't happen when I was seventh grade, but happened just two years ago. I'd been serving at a church um, up in L.A. County for um, 12 years almost on staff in various roles there and had a lot of great friends there and were able to just really enjoy that season and we we're excited to begin this season uh, coming down here a couple years ago. And um, I don't know how many of you use... Uh, like put your calendars online like Gmail or Outlook or you know any of those other things where you save that. Well, it's a beautiful thing because you're able to like sync schedules and sync calendars up. But I found out about a party I wasn't invited to through a coworker's Gmail calendar. And the party I found out about was a surprise party, goodbye party for me. <laughs> and so it's one of those where I'm like, I never had a surprise party before. Uh, and so, you know, it showed like, a coworker was like, hey, can we meet over here and, you know, all that. And so I find this out like a day or two before. And I didn't have the heart to tell people because it would be surprised. I'm like, yep. When I first found out about it, I was surprised. Um, <laughs> but this idea of I went and, you know, all the lights are like, when, if you ever had a surprise party, you walk in and like, she's coming. You know, and you're like, oh, this is a normal work meeting. And so um, all of a sudden, then the, the, the lights are off and I walk in and it was like surprise. And, and when I got in there, there were friends and people I've worked with for years, people I've laughed with and cried with, people that they shared and wrote encouraging words for me um, on this board behind me. They over and above provide, I love Reese's peanut butter cups. And they put like Reese's all over the place. And then like those little Trader Joe's dunkers that have chocolate. Anyways, I'm hungry. And so we, they, they, they went over and above with all these snacks. And so it wasn't a party I was invited to, but it was a party that was specifically thrown for me. And it was a beautiful time. And they prayed over me and sent me out and I loved it. And let me tell you, you are invited to the greatest party there ever is, ever was, ever will be. That you are invited. And when, when there's the celebration of the angels in heaven, when someone who doesn't know Jesus gives their lives to Jesus, man, there is a party going on in heaven. And you are invited because the party is going to be thrown for you. And there's going to be words and encouragement and love with people. And you're going to see Jesus face to face. And the food will be somehow even better than Reese's. <laughs> and it'll be for you. Because you are invited. Will you RSVP? Will you recognize the invitation that Jesus, he laid down his life for you and wants you to have a right relationship? Will you seek him sincerely without motive, but purely finding out about Jesus's truth and going to the end of that, like the star to the sky, will you be laid down at the foot of a manger to see who Jesus is? Will you value his birth and what that means for you? And then respond by giving gifts of your life and your time and your talents and whatever it may be. And then will you place your faith in him crossing that line and then hearing about the celebration of the angels throwing a party for you, knowing that not only are you are invited, but you are the reason the party exists. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and I pray, God, that you are working, God, that each and every person um, that is 
I pray that I was decreasing and you were increasing, that you were speaking in a personal, powerful, impactful way. And God, I pray for people in this room that have known you for years. And maybe we just need to be reminded of the joy of Christmas, of being invited to right relationship with you. And maybe we've known him for dec- you for decades, and yet that still, that joy is so overwhelming, we can't help but praise you. Maybe for some of us, Lord, we've, we've trusted in you before, but we've been hurt and walls have been built up and it's hard for us to want to trust again, God. May we, may we respond to you in RSVP. And God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room who has not given their lives to you, has not RSVP'd and taken that final step of professing and putting our faith in you, God, I pray right now that maybe just in their seats that they would pray a prayer that says, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know you love me, but I know I've fallen short. I pray that you would show me and reveal how Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. I believe in my heart, God, that Jesus came to live a perfect life die a perfect death and rise to new life so we may have eternal life, so I may have eternal life. I receive that gift now. I place my faith in you, Jesus, now. May this Christmas be a Christmas that changes everything, Lord. May I recognize I'm invited to the greatest party there ever was. The one where the angels get to celebrate my new life in you. And if you prayed that prayer now, let someone know. And may we, Lord, RSVP to who you are. May we sing about how mighty you are, that unto us a child is born, a son is given, and we rejoice and we RSVP and thank you that though we didn't deserve it, we are invited and we receive your love, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.